0: Love, talk, radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PredictiveForm.com, com podcast Thanksgiving week edition, a huge week of stakes racing. We're going to zero in on the Clark Handicap on Friday at Churchill Downs, but among all the other great racing this week, it's an all two-year-old day at Churchill on Saturday, Aqueducts closes its main track meet on Saturday as well with the Cigar Mile and the Remsen and Demoiselle, two points races for the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks, respectively. There are also some points races at Churchill, as part of that aforementioned all-two-year-old stakes program. And looking ahead to the Kentucky Derby, the Kentucky Derby Future Wager Pool won this weekend, along with the new Sire option. We're going to touch on some top two-year-olds. We're going to touch on top prospects for next year that we expect to see in the Clark and we're going to talk to Danny Zucker right now. Danny how are you?
1: Ed how are you? Happy holidays my friend.
0: Same to you. Uh, Big weekend uh, Thanksgiving week. I'll be eating turkey but no doubt have an eye or two. uh, I guess I can't have more than two. An eye on the racing action uh, Thursday and then of course uh, grade one racing Friday and Saturday from Churchill Aqueduct Del Mar. A lot of options to consider. I'm sure you're looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we haven't had a chance to uh, – Naira takes a little while to make put out those PPs, so we're unfortunately not <laughs> going to be able to talk about the uh, the cigar, but I think the Clark is shaping up to be a nice race. It um, You know, it seems to be a, a quick turn back for a bunch of these here.
0: Yeah, it's uh, – to- to me, a lot, a lot of times we'll talk uh, about racing after the Breeders' Cup and there's some opportunities to maybe bet against horses coming out that are vulnerable. Uh, Tappa may or may not be one in the Cigar Mile. He'll be there. Unfortunately, as you said, that I'm not sure if they've even drawn. If they have, it's only been for an hour or so. Uh, but the Clark Handicap, the favorite, uh, is FNX. And to me... I'm not as big it's not as big a deal to me if they race in the Breeders' Cup or not. But when they race well or race beyond their odds, when they come back, they're ultimately over bet. I mean it it just doesn't matter how well they race and a second uh-huh. to American Pharaoh is certainly great and he cashed a big purse check. But no matter what happens in the Clark, he's gonna be an underlay.
1: Yeah, well it's interesting and we can spend some time talking about F and X, but but Mike Smith does come back to ride F and X. He does come across the country to do that. Uh, so, you know, that tells you that maybe uh, Jimmy Jerkins thinks the horse is still sharp. I've always been a bet against first start out after the Breeders' Cup, regardless. Like not always bet against, but that's a big negative for me. The thing about F and X and you know we talked about Farrow ran eighty five for ten furlongs. F and X ran eighty three. Now it was a a shadowed foe suck along 83 but he he kept on I just think that this 83 number is a lifetime top for him by like four points now it's not a double top because he did run 74 at one point in his life but it the uh, I think it's just a very difficult it it's I mean there's no doubt he's going to regress off 83 it depends how far he does regress but his line says he's going to run 77 78 And if that's where he winds up, he's no better or worse than half a dozen in here. So I'm not a real buyer of F and X. I think the negatives are that he is coming out of the Breeders' Cup Classic. He ran a lifetime top. And, you know, off a race like that, a a turn back of, now a bunch of these are turning back off the same amount of rest. But this is a lifetime effort by this horse. So I think that that's got to take something out of him um, and, uh, you know, it's surprising actually that there's they, they put two works back into the horse here um, on the tw- on the 14th and 21st. So, F and X is a is a tough horse for me to figure in this race, and and I don't know what his morning line is. That is he is he uh, th- three to one is the favorite? He's five to two. Yeah, yeah, that makes real tough to back. I think in this position.
0: Yeah. Uh I agree and one uh, other element that you didn't touch on that I will uh is it is a it is a handicap uh and he is right, the right. co-high weight at 122 uh along Good with point. Race Day who uh won a race on the Breeders Cup undercard. Uh and yep. I expect uh Keenice, FNX, and Race Day and opportunity between the four of them. You know, I think any of them might end up being favored in the wind pool. I do think with Fnx and Keenice having that name recognition even though Opportunity and Race Day are trained by Baffert and Pletcher, respectively, uh, coming out of races on Breeders' Cup weekend, although Opportunity is as well, but Race Day won it. Uh, they're going to end up taking some money. And uh, I'm not sure in which direction you want to go, but there are some three-year-olds in here, uh, including sure. an, an old friend of ours that are going to be getting a lot of weight uh, from, yeah, I mean, they're better horses on paper. They've won better races. Right, but, right. Uh, there's no world beaters in here and horses like Mr. Z and Shotgun Cowboy are getting 7 to 9 pounds.
1: Let's go inside out, and if we start with Keen Ice from the rail, you know, I was a little disappointed. He ran pretty good in the Breeders' Cup Classic, but again, you've got a horse that ran back 79.9, by no means a lifetime top, but he's put up three races at 79 or 80. Before that, he's got two races at 77. You know, to me, he looks like he's more likely to regress than he is to move forward. Not a big fan of the rail. Uh, he's not getting a bunch of weight. And I'm not a big weight fan, but I can tell you, based on the value plays, there's significant weight being given in this race. We're not talking about two or three pounds, as you mentioned. I mean, you have talked about Corey Lannery being really strong at uh, at, at Churchill, but, um, you know, <clears throat> he hasn't. this is going to be the shortest price he's been right in his career, and the truth is he's won one race out of the last ten. So, uh, you know, I'm not tremendously thrilled about keen ice. No, I I have to agree,
0: and actually the connections are waffling, so there's a shot he might not even be in the race. Right. Uh, They don't like the rail, which, you know, I'm not saying it's the best post position of the nine, but with his running style and having the top jock, on top, I, I don't really understand why the rail would be a deal breaker. makes right. me wonder what else might be going on. So if that's sure. the
1: case, we hope he runs. You know, if if they're right. oh, waffling, you, would, yeah, yeah. It looks to spare, looks yeah. to be too slow. Um, You know, no figure, looks like it's past 74. I, I think he's a toss, especially coming out of a mile and three quarters, dropping down to a mile and eighth or cutting back to a mile and an eighth.
0: Yeah, he's another that gets uh, the big, the big weight break, but uh unlike some of the others we'll are about to talk about uh it's never really fast enough uh and that does bring us to Mr. Z in the three posts, as I said, an old friend I see he has a pattern uh on on the predictive form coming out of mm-hmm. the the breeder's cup mile uh or dirt mile i guess um what do you think uh his chances uh
1: you know is there a price uh that you start to get interested in him well the, the pattern is a cyclical pace top, so that's when the horse runs its fastest four furlong figure in its last ten races. So it's a it's a new pace top, but only looking back to the last ten races. It's really effective for older horses, who mm. uh, you you know it means more when you're an older horse and you have essentially a new pace top, but only over the last ten races because they race less and less as they get older. You know, this horse has raced nineteen times. I don't know how many times he's raced eleven times in two thousand and. In fifteen, he's hit the board on top once. Uh, again, he's coming out of the Breeders' Cup Classic. He faced Liam's Map. He got cooked early. Uh, you know, I, if he gets the, he's got speed to get the lead. But there's a couple other in here that might go. Um, God bless Dwayne Lucas. He loves to he <laughs> loves to run in big races, especially at Churchill. But to me, that's what this looks like more more than a, a horse that's got a. Fighting chance. What's his what's his line, Ed?
0: Uh, I believe he's ten to one, and what I'm looking at does not have the line on it. I should probably pull that up. One thing I'm interested with him, it's even even if he ends up being a, a big price, he's really tough for me to like on top. I am going to look to see how the will pays are in the is underneath some of the key contenders. Uh, uh-huh. He does have the feel, like you said, if he goes to the front with the low weight, maybe he mm-hmm. can hang around. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, that that's uh, well, a possible inter- interesting. Use let, of let's him. point out
1: something right now. You know, with Mr. Z, there's a he's couple things. He's fifteen to that, one. Right, he's fifteen to one. He loses. He gets a, a nine pound, he, an eight nine pound weight allowance. So he hasn't raced under one seventeen. And he picks, gets 114 here. I can't believe I'm actually talking about weight. Like, I never talk about weight, except <laughs> if it's a woman I'm dating. Um, <laughs> but he does change jocks. You know, and I've, I've, I like Jersey Joe Bravo, but, you know, by no means would I consider him a top jock and strong enough to keep a horse live on the front end. I know Santana's pretty decent in that position, so maybe you're right. Maybe there is something interesting about him, uh, but not because of his figures, as much because of a jockey change in a weight allowance. All right, well, uh, plenty of variables, and, you know,
0: yeah. 15-1, uh, you don't need a ton. Uh, right, right. So that's uh, frivolous is number four, the lone uh, female in the race, five-year-old mare coming out of the Breeders' yep. Cup, distaff. Uh, I think they're leaning toward the fall city on Thanksgiving, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, they're somewhat ideally drawn in the middle. Uh, they're getting weight uh, despite being an older mare. She's done well at Churchill. Uh, still seems up against it, though. What do you make of her?
1: You know, we—if you recall, Ed—we really liked Frivolous. I, I liked Frivolous in the Breeders' Cup Distaff. Um, you know, and, and she raced pretty well against a, a decent field. I'm not crazy about her in here against the boys. And um, you know, I, it seems to me that Frivolous's top is going to be like she would have to run a lifetime top to win here, where a bunch of these others don't need to do that. So I would rather see her scratch here and go somewhere else. It doesn't look like John Court's very, uh, you know, doing very well right now. The weight allowance is going to be significant for her, but a filly, a, a mare against uh, older horses is tough. It's just a very tough, tough go. I'm, I I can't see why she would actually run in here. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, and and I'm, my thinking is uh,
0: she's been in the yeah. news a lot about where she's going to go and being right, a mare. Right. Uh, you know, maybe when they try to book a top stallion that'll give them the extra room to get into tappet or something like that but i am with you. it just doesn't seem like this is this is right. the spot when i mean she's no cinch in the fall city either, so I guess you could right. say, well, you know they're not gonna win either, go for the big bucks, but man uh-huh. it it, it, it it's not a great field, but it's, it's right. better than we've seen for, from her. Well, I,
1: I will I will uh, tell you, and I'm just spending a little bit more time looking at her. You know, she is I, – I don't know that she's grade one placed yet. So she's one grade twos, but grade one placed, again, increases the value of a mare, whether you're going to be selling her or booking her back against the top salary, and as you mentioned. So maybe that's the strategy here, looking for a grade one. Right. Place, but even, even in, if that's the case, I would want to see her go somewhere else. So I would say uh, I would pass on frivolous.
0: All right. Uh,
1: to her outside is Protonico, uh, Julian
0: Leperu up for Todd mm-hmm. Fletcher, one of two he has in here. Uh mm-hmm. horse was just shy of 3-1 to one in the Fayette on Breeders' Cup weekend and really didn't show much of all losing to his yep, stable yep. mate, who also shows up here race day. Uh, seemed like this one might step up earlier in the year. He was doing well at the grade 2 and grade 3 level very little to recommend him at the grade one level other than that runner up in the Clark last year when he was getting weight, uh, carries the same now, but it just doesn't seem like he's gone forward from that summer season.
1: It, it doesn't. And, and the last two races have been pretty poor. Protonico does have a couple 81s going back a ways, but, uh, I think Protonico's is a bit interesting. I think getting Julian is a positive. I think a little bit of a weight allowance is a positive. But as much for me with Protonico, um, he's not coming off a lifetime top. He's He did race on the Breeders' Cup undercard, but, again, it wasn't a Breeders' Cup race. So those are positives to me. Um, and so I wouldn't – and, look, you know, we all know the rule is when Todd's got two horses and you play the longer one. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do think there's something. Yeah, I think Protonico's interesting. I mean, his figures got a couple eighty ones, then regressed to a seventy-two at Saratoga and the Woodward, moved forward to a seventy-nine while not running great. Did go off at two and a half to one. Um, so I, you know, I kind of keep half an eye on the tote board and, like, I'm not overly motivated by Protonico, but I certainly like him better than uh, Frivolous. I like him better than Mr. Z. Looked as I like him better than the first four horses we talked about.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, and 8-1, to one, uh, you know, there's certainly worse prices out there on connections yeah. like Pletcher and Lep-a-Roo. Uh and Speaking of uh, well-known connections, uh, number yeah. six, Opportunity, uh, ships in for Baffert, Martin Garcia shipping in as well, Pegram, Watson Wellman, uh, familiar names with the owner silk. Second in the Fayette, and at the beginning of the year, after that Clark handicap win to close out his 3-year-old season, won the San Pasquale. There was talk in that San Antonio that he could upset the Apple car, which had shared belief in California Chrome in it. Absolutely no match for them. But he is one of only two in this race from the Bristnet perspective with four consecutive triple-digit speed ratings. It does seem like if you're looking for a show bet, he's the one who's consistent enough that he's going to be there at the end. But I worry Uh about the price on the win end.
1: So... What what is the likelihood, or has it happened before that horses come back-to-back and win this race multiple times?
0: Uh, Well, it's not too often, only because Uh with the nature of where it is, like St. Liam Uh won it one year, well, the next year he won the Breeders' Cup Classic, so he obviously wasn't coming back for the Clark. So you get that in play, and then there's horses like Wise Dan and and Einstein who uh, won it, and then they ended up Uh going to turf. Uh, or wise dan didn't uh actually it was one of his grade ones on, I'm thinking of his stable made successful Dan. But those horses then go to turf and so you know there's things like that in play. Um but yeah I mean it's hard to win
1: grade one races back to back regardless. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So from a from a figure perspective, um opportunity ran at eighty two, you know, close to a lifetime, if not a lifetime top. I think it probably was. Um and he closes really well. Martin Garcia gets the mount. Obviously they wanted to go to Mike Smith, but Smith opted off this runner to um the outside horse. I I think like you mentioned, you know, maybe there's a spot underneath for opportunity, but look at the money he's toasted this year. Five to <laughs> one, three to one, three to one, two to one, four to one, five three to one, two to one. Um, so and I could tell you there's a bunch of times that I actually bet on him here, so <laughs> I think maybe opportunities are, are used for second, maybe third, but not on top. And, and he's got that tremendous late kick, but he's going to have to be rallying past a lot of horses. And um, you know, Keen Ice has got a good kick. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, he's going to take some money, and probably not a win bet for me.
0: Yeah, and the, and the conspiracy. Uh, and I guess this would be a feather in his cap. But the conspiracy right. theorists are out that Baffert didn't ship. Dortmund, not because of any physical issue. I mean, a quarter crack, while you don't run on it, is, I mean, nothing. Dortmund's obviously going to run again. Uh, People are thinking that opportunity is just loaded and you get another grade one win, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, he could win, as we've discussed, but it it just seems like he's going to be overbet. And while he's consistently fast, uh, Uh others just seem... Capable of of a bigger number and maybe a better yep. price to boot. It, uh, you know, speaking if, you look, of which, if you look at his work
1: pattern, look at, you know if you look at his work pattern after the after the Keeneland race um, on the Breeders' Cup undercard, you know he's working short distances and increasing. But he's working them fast. I mean six furlongs in one twelve is a very fast workout. You now maybe Bafford is looking to try to put opportunity closer to the lead. He's get he puts up Martin Garcia, Martin Garcia, who's got that skill set. I think more so than Mike Smith at Victor Espinosa. So maybe in fact he, he is looking at trying to change this horse's running style. I mean he hasn't run faster than seventy five for a furlong figure. But if opportunity can actually break, I think he's gonna have a better shot. Um but I guess I'm going to put the flag in the ground and say I would use him for second, but not on top. All right. Well, that's a flag uh, for sure.
0: Uh, To me, one of the most interesting horses in the race is to his outside, number seven, Shotgun Cowboy. Right. right, Great lifetime. Only losses have come to Bayard. uh, One of those six furlongs, the other a mile on a sealed muddy track, both at Remington. Uh, Bayard is actually a very... uh, Useful three-year-old sprinter. He finished second in a $200,000 stake on Monday. Wouldn't be surprised to see him in the uh, Malibu. Uh, Mm -hmm. This one stretching out, being by Kodiak Cowboy, I'm not necessarily thrilled with that. Siphon, more a mile influencer as well than a route. But you are getting 113, so the less weight should help with the added distance. Uh, To me, this one's really interesting. If he improves up that Oklahoma Derby, which was at a mile and an eighth, and he got a 101 percent net speed rating. He's worth every bit of 20 to 1 to me.
1: Well, from a figure and, and from a, a value place perspective, he's our top pick, is Kodiak Cowboy. He's off a soft pattern, 79. Before that, ran another 79, and then 77 prior. He's got a bunch of positive patterns. The, the, the knock that I, I'm, I'm seeing with Shotgun Cowboy, and this is more of a lesson learned, is on Breeders' Cup Day, I think it was the Sprint. There was a horse named Ivan Kachikakov or something like that. That actually was right. the horse's name. But
0: yeah. what was the horse's name? Probably Ivan Remington. fall in
1: love a lot. Yeah, who who had a very similar line to me? Who looked to be improving? You know, not a lot different than this horse. And those figures from uh, uh, RP. What is RP again? It's uh, Remington Park. Remington, right? The figures from Remington Park look to be a little bit high. So. I, I kind of agree with you, but, I mean, look at this. Bread bred, trained and owned by the same guy. <laughs> this is like standard bread racing kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? I don't think that you could name another person that would breed, own, and train a horse. In Thor, I'm, I don't know that I've seen it in, like, a really uh, long time. I, I,
0: I mean, I've seen Asmussen show up with the horse he's he's trained as the owner right? Um, right. for bread, uh, and Bobby Frankel, um but very rarely at this level. I mean, the times I remember seeing it with both those guys and Aspieson's on his way to the Hall of Fame, Frankel's there, is, you know, usually they just, you know, they have mares that they claimed or whatever, and they have all these seasons to the horses they've trained through the years. Like, you know, Aspieson's might be by Kube or something like that. And, Uh you know, they have some fun with it, but pretty rare to to see that, you know, the owner, trainer, breeder at this level. Um, But, you know, he is a 33% trainer this year, uh, 13 for 39, so it does seem like he uh. sticks with his own stock and does okay with it.
1: Now, you were referring to Bayard, B-A-Y-E-R-D? Correct. Yeah, so I mean, I just pulled up Bayard's We have this horse search functionality that we're going to be launching pretty soon with Predictive form Bayard, B-A-Y-E-R-D? Yeah. Keeneland, he's raced at Parks, Oaklawn Park, this horse? Yes.
0: Huh. Wow. You're not a fan? No good. No good. He wins a, he's broken, won a lot of money this year. Hasn't broken 75.
1: He raced win On the 23rd, a couple of days ago. Where was that at?
0: Mahoning Valley.
1: <laughs> okay, yet. <Ed. laughs> not Mahoning buying the Valley.
0: company lines, huh? What's that? You're not buying the no. company
1: line, huh? I am not. not. I, I, Mahoning 20, 20 Valley. to 1 worked for me. It is, it is Mahoning Valley, first time Mahoning Valley. <laughs> I don't even know where that is.
0: Youngstown.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, maybe some value yeah. there. I'm just, I'm halfway kidding, possibly, but you know, <laughs> not not thrilled.
0: All right, well we're r- running out of options. I don't think you've been thrilled yet, but that happens in races sometimes. Don't have to have yeah, a strong yeah. opinion every time. Uh F and X we've touched on a little bit. I know yeah. you like Mike Smith coming in for the mounts. Uh certainly wrote him brilliantly. Uh, you know, he was uh-huh. new enough that he wasn't gonna beat the right. triple crown champion at thirty three to right. one, beat everyone else right. home, uh, and cashed uh what's that worth a million dollars right. uh for being second. So uh the question is, can he duplicate it? I know you intimated that was probably a lifetime top. Uh it actually was not on the Brisnet scale. He got a one oh six. Uh, And Uh he had done a 109 and a 110 earlier in the year in New York. Um, Uh So some might think uh, maybe he can get back to the 110 then, which certainly makes him a winner here, even with the weight. I'm just worried about the price off that Breeders' Cup effort. That always just attracts so much money.
1: Yeah, yep. And, I mean, he does have the running, the stalking and pouncing running style. But, again, like, it is, you know, from my figure perspective, it's 83. So, as uh, much, and we'll get to the last horse. This is definitely like a, a, a watch race because I want to see what these horses are going to do coming out of the Breeders' Cup Classic. I need to find out whether that race, if if the speed figures are accurate, that race should have been, should be incredibly taxing. And F and um, uh, X and which should F and X and Keen should be beat, and they both should not run well. I mean, they're, they're and especially F and X, less so keen ice, But this FNX and X rock solid 83, 83 every year except for this year wins the Breeders' Cup Classic. I mean, in two years ago, Bayern ran 81. So you're talking about probably it likely is the second fastest figure for horses going ten for nine furlongs or longer it, from the major race So I'm gonna I'm gonna say no on FNX. X.
0: No on FNX, all right, Uh, and he will be the favorite, so that's a a good thing for people to keep in their cap, and that brings us to the last horse of the nine, another trained by Pletcher. This one's race day. Uh, I was very high on this horse in the spring. I have no idea what happened. Clearly, the layoff, there was an issue uh, because there's really no reason to stop on a horse who was going as well as he was uh, with the Hooper, Razorback, and Oaklawn back-to-back-to-back. Then he got, uh, what is that, three months off and was dreadful in the Salvatore mile at 9-10. to 10. Uh, In the forego, he was 10-1, to one, clearly wasn't ready, finished ninth. The board knew it and came back in the Fayette and won at a decent price, 4-1. to one. If he's rounding back into that spring form, he's going to be tough to beat here, but you have to take a short price on that question.
1: And I'll, I'll, I'll turn again to the figures. He ran 82.3 on uh, the Breeders' Cup undercard on Friday. Again, the dirt was pretty quick both of those days while well, the turf was extremely slow, but this is a lifetime top for him, and it's a 12-point forward move off that crappy Saratoga race in the forego. Now, he did run 80 um, in the Oakwan handicap, but uh, I, I see regression off an 82 figure again, so FNX and race day and um, Mr. Z and you know, we're talking about three horses that have campaigned a lot that are all coming off lifetime tops. Opportunity is another one. So we have four horses off lifetime tops. Um, race Day's raced a little bit less, but, you know, F and X is, uh, you know, I'm not crazy about them. I'll be honest with you, Ed, here. Like, I couldn't back Race Day. I can't back F and X on top. I'm so-so on Shotgun Cowboy. I can't back Opportunity on top. I'm not a fan of Frivolous. Look to Spare or Kenai. So on top, it really leaves me with Protonica or Mr. Z as a process of elimination, as mm. two horses here. Well, Mr. Z, I like to hear that. Like I said, uh, the top
0: right. uh, fan favorite. Uh, do, do you have any odds uh, you'd be looking for on those
1: two then uh, to help you decide? Well, I mean, I, I think both of them are going to be in the 6-1 to range. I don't know what their morning lines are, but I would say... Six to one, eight to one, kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, well, Mr. Z is fifteen to one. Uh, Protonico, I believe, is eight. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see Mr. Z maybe even go down to ten. But I mean, I think you'll you'll get eight on Protonico. I would think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, it's 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 a race that I'm not going to get into. Um, you just it's always helpful talking to you, and hope, hopefully the listeners find the same value in, in going through the races and discussing the horses, but. When, when you have horses that run lifetime tops, the, the likelihood that they're going to they're not going to move forward. So if their regression is as good as the rest of these, then yeah. But 80, 79, 80 is going to win this race. I don't know what the weather is at Churchill, but this is the last race these these guys are going to have for the season. There's a lot of uh, you know this is a big I think this is an important race from a breeding perspective. It certainly sets horses off for a, a, a campaign if they're going to go towards the next year. I think everybody's going to be trying. It's how how rare are these handicap races? We don't see them very often. It's going to be a fun race race to watch, but uh, I I can't imagine getting into this race in uh, any shape or format.
0: Well, for me, I'm going to I'm going to try to win back my sprint money from Ivan. Fallen in love a lot with uh, another Remington shipper, and uh, you know, if we were talking about a favorite here, even less than ten to one, I could Uh maybe say, well. You know, okay, that's not worth it even though it looks like you might be going in the right direction. But twenty to one, fifteen to one with some scratches uh I'm gonna be a believer.
1: So if you take and if you take a look at the value plays, so you go to um you go to predictive form. This should be the free race on Saturday, so it's the second to last race. So if you go to the site, you look at Friday race ten, uh oh it's Friday right, I guess so I I guess I should no, it Friday it'll be the free race of the day because it's the eleventh race, second to last race. We make the free race. We have Shotgun Cowboy, Protonico, and Mr. Z as our top three value plays. And again, Shotgun Cowboy becomes the top contender because of the price at 20 to 1. Um, so, you know, my my comment about Protonico and Mr. Z, you're right along with the value plays. I'm a, I was a really little disheartened with Ivan Kuchikakov and his race and, and how outclassed I thought he was. So, um, you know, I would... I would soften shotgun cowboy, but right at 20 to one with some speed and some weight, who knows?
0: All right. Well, uh, well, yeah, who knows, but we'll know on Friday, I suppose. Uh, one last thing to touch on. We're about out of time, but didn't want to mention, uh, threw some names at you over email, uh, but there is the first Derby future wager, uh, this right. weekend, there's the sire component as well. Obviously, that's a little tougher to parse from a number right. standpoint. Uh, right, but right. Uh, the big key race uh, for the Kentucky Derby uh, at this stage, even though it doesn't produce a lot of winners ultimately, but it does give us a gauge on the crop, uh, right. is the Breed Cup right. Juvenile. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the number Nyquist, earned, Brody's Cause, Exaggerator came out and won the Delta Jackpot as the favorite. Uh, anything there to say you would be either be buying or
1: selling horses out of those races? Yeah, and, and we haven't produced the fig- the figures just came out Ed for uh, or the pace the uh, PPs just came out for the future bet so we haven't produced our pace figures yet. Uh, but if you go to the blog feature that we have on the website and you click on 2015 Breeders' Cup, you can see the winning pace figures for all the horses and night uh, Nyquist ran a 75.7, 69.7, which is okay for a two-year-old. I will tell you what's interesting about, and I, I don't know who picked the horses this year, but the fact that there is no horses that haven't run one time, right? Everybody's had to at least start two times, I think makes this bet very vulnerable, on any other horse, and there's significant value on the field. I don't know what the field is going to go off at, but you're already talking about horses that have run twice. So it's kind of a little bit early to have run run twice already. Um, but most of these, I think, annual reports run twice. Many of these have run three, four, five times already. Uh, and I don't think a horse that's run like Nyquist has run five times. This will be a six race as a two-year-old. Uh, it, there's going to be regression there not possible to continue that up. Right. Yeah.
0: Battaglia Bataglia made the field at seven to five. I, I just don't see it. I mean it, it has to be odds on and where yeah. it ultimately ends up. Uh you know, I, I do think there's a reactive nature to how people bet this future wager. In year one the field for pool one was four to five. Only one horse made the gate that was right on curl and it was basically a slam dunk that you were going to win. Uh, if you'd bet the field in pool one. Uh, right. Then last year, pool one ended up being one to two on the field, a pretty significant uh-huh. drop from four to five. And I believe half the field made the gate, including American Pharaoh, champion two year old who have gone to win the Triple Crown. So now this year, the field's back to seven to five on the morning line. I don't think we'll get that, but I'm with you to me anything, even money or higher, uh, I don't know how you don't. I mean, just. <laughs> Just the opportunity, thinking, looking at who's in there now. I mean, you you'll have eighteen, horse, you'll have uh, fifteen of the twenty horses from the field, I think, in the gate in May with this group. So, Certainly. I agree.
1: And, and I'm going to make one more comment on the sire play, and this is just kind of a gut feel. Like um, I like Curlin. Uh, I think you know this is not based on any logic, but I do think Curlin is an improving sire. His horses are getting better. They raised his stud fee again this year. Uh, I've never seen such a crazy bet like uh, um, <laughs> like betting the sire of the winner. Right. But uh, do you have any sense of like what the handle's going to be there?
0: Or? Yeah, I, uh, we kind of talked internally, and I made the over under ninety nine thousand five hundred.
1: So basically, uh, will you
0: know six figures or uh, not? Cool um, right, right. one in the past has done two fifty. So. You know, I'm kind of thinking with the new sire wager, and people maybe more excited about the Derby because of Pharaoh and wanting to bet ahead of time. You know, if you get fifty thousand more total over the weekend, two hundred in pool one and a hundred in the sire, uh, I think everyone here would be happy. Uh, I I think it's a lot of fun, and you know, I mentioned this on the blog and I've tweeted about it. You look at Nyquist; he's ten to one on the morning line. His sire, Uncle Mo, is twenty to one in the sire future wager. Now, uh-huh. if you're betting Nyquist at ten to one instead of a sire at twenty to one, you—I mean—you're an idiot. That's
1: <laughs> this is
0: <the> very definition <laughs> of foolish. So to me, and it's going to happen though. I just think the way these, the the parimutuel pool works and how people bet this stuff, you're going to see guess. those opportunities. Now, I don't necessarily think Nyquist is worth ten to one. He might not even be worth 20-1, to one, but you get him and all of Uncle Mo's progeny for twice the price you could get the champ, uh, I start to get interested. So at it, the very, a very least, even yeah. if I don't bet it, I'm going to be watching Sunday afternoon to
1: see where these odds end up. Yeah, no, that's a very good point, and 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 because the pool is ninety nine thousand, say a hundred thousand, you're going to get. I, I see the wagering in in this pool really coming in from the breeders. I think I think that's why it's. I'm not sure, but my guess is that it's done because you get the breeders who you know stand these horses and the guys that work for them and buddies of them all back in their stallions. So it's, yeah, it, it's a very smart idea. I mean, I, it's the first year they've done that, right? You guys have done that. Yeah, yeah, I, and
0: I definitely think you know if you're cool more, um, right. you know it's a nice little uh, gift to say, hey, breed Dark yeah. stallion, and we'll give you a hundred dollar win ticket on you know him to win the Derby or a thousand dollars or whatever. I mean, hopefully they right. you know go nuts, but um, yeah, it's fun and a good conversation piece, and um, I like over. looking forward like to like seeing over. how it gets bet.
1: I, based on this discussion, I like over a hundred k. All right. All right, my friend. Danny's Have a good taking Thanksgiving. The over. Well, great
0: discussion. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to you. Looking forward yeah, you to too, seeing Eddie. how the Clark pays out. And we didn't get to the Cigar Mile, but I encourage everyone to follow uh, Danny on Twitter. He's at Danny Zuck, at PredictaForm, at Predicta and there's also at Predict Machine, uh for those who are interested in the sports angle. But hopefully you'll tweet out a Cigar Mile play. I know you were interested to see what that race yeah, looked like. So you sure, can check for, sure. for that there. Uh, but we appreciate everyone checking the podcast. We'll be back next week. Uh, Claiming Crown, Gulfstream Park, something will come up that we'll want to talk about. And uh, we'll
1: do it all again. All right, Ed. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. All right.
0: Thanks, Danny. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This has been the Predictive Form, com podcast. Enjoy a great week of racing. We'll talk to you next week.